Hi, and welcome back to our podcast, Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn. And this week, oh, do we have a show for you? Oh, no. <laughs> if you remember from last, I would say last week's episode, but we are not doing this on a weekly basis. We are doing this when we can and when we shall. But the last time we recorded, uh, we watched the movie Barbarian featuring Justin Long. And that led us on a Justin Long-ass leap to uh, the movie Tusk. We watched it. I, I watched it for the first time ever. And my brain is now been turned to scrambled eggs. <laughs> I watched this movie last night. I started it at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I finished <laughs> no. it around four o'clock in the morning and i was having some adult beverages and i was also having the very classic puff puff smoke situation as well and the last and final note that i have about the movie <laughs> that i wrote down at four o'clock this morning says this is wrong i cannot <laughs> i cannot in good conscience recommend this to anybody <laughs> And also, comma, Rachel, how dare you <laughs> recommend that we cover the movie that is Tusk on this podcast? Because I don't know if anybody even needs to talk about this or, like, wants to talk about this movie. This is the type of thing that you don't tell people. I mean, like, it's talking about, like, your your porn preferences. Like, it's not a normal thing. <laughs> I was trying to think of an Instagram caption for our little announcement post that we were doing this movie, mm -hmm. and I couldn't wrap into words that this is the kind of movie that you don't want to recommend to anyone that you hang out with normally, because then they're going to think you're weird. <laughs> they're going to... Yeah. They're going to, like, send you to a mental hospital. Goodbye. That's like saying, hi. <laughs> hi, it's really nice to meet you. This cocktail party is amazing. My favorite movie is The Human Centipede. Why? <laughs> to be fair, one, I told you it was similar to The Human Centipede. I and don't two, It's been too long. I don't remember that warning two, in any way, shape, or form. Kevin Smith described this as... A cozy human centipede. And he's not wrong. <laughs> it's cozy. Cozy. Yeah. No. There's, there's nothing cozy inside of my mind now that I know this. <laughs> I think it's cozy. Oh, no, I was wrong. The director, Kevin Smith, described it as a cuddly version of the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing about this movie that makes me want to cuddle in any way, shape, or form, or puts me in a cuddly, cozy mood. And no, absolutely not. You don't want to cuddle a walrus? No. Don't cuddle a walrus. Especially not now. <laughs> Who knows what kind of psychological damage that can do to <laughs> anyone's psyche. Oh my god. Alright, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. You got any main character moments, or... Supporting actress activities of the week. Yeah, so I did some big main character energy activities. I went to the club for the first time in, oh, long time. 
yeah. So I went out um, with some coworkers. That was fun. I would say that my main character moment of the past couple weeks was hosting Drunk History Night for all of my friends. How could I forget? I, I don't know. Presentation. I don't know if it was after we recorded or we posted or whatever, but yeah, at the end of June, I hosted a Drunk History Night for all of our friends, and I made people prepare a presentation to share with everyone in attendance and bring either a food or drink that accompanied said presentation. You know, I didn't hear about that part about bring a food or a drink. And I was really surprised that other people were putting in so much effort for bringing all these snacks and activities. And I was like, what is even happening that, and not to mention if you host a drunk history night, I would expect that most people would play or perform to the tune of drunk history where the rule is step one, you get drunk. And I don't think everybody did that. And I think it was more of like a PowerPoint party in some ways, but that was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. People very much went all out. Like Donnie's cousin's boyfriend like made a loaf of bread because they didn't want to like bring alcohol. So like from scratch, he made a loaf of bread. And my that was friend really Brooke, good bread. She made like this whole like little cocktail and put it in like this little skull dispenser thing and like had cups for everyone. And then no one drank it, so I drank, like, seven of those fuckers, and they were so good. <laughs> I also had, like, five of those. It was really good. But, yeah, my presentation was on uh, the history of lobotomies in the United States. It was fun. I feel like a lot of people had fun. And if people don't have fun at my house, I stay up and I think about it until 5 o'clock in the morning. Would you like to talk about what you smoked during this absolutely fucking unhinged movie? I sure do. Well, as I have said, when we started this thing at 2 a.m. this morning, that seemed like the perfect time for a sativa because sativa makes me sleepy. I went in which on it. Which one is the, sorry to interrupt you, which one is the sativa? Is that the sleep sleep or the get shit done? Indica is in duck couch. Makes you sleepy, makes you tired. It's a body high. It's for nine night times. Sativa is more of like a creative type of thing where, you know, if you smoke too much sativa, you might rearrange all the furniture in your living room and then stop halfway through. Maybe that's my ADD. I don't really know. It's good for painting, you know, hikes, that type of situation if you're into fitness. But if your brain wires are crossed like mine or you have the neurospice, sometimes those things can be the opposite. So... Indica can make me a little bit hyperactive and sativa can actually make me sleepy. So I'm actually super into sativa at nighttime um, just to kind of relax, get a little head high going on and uh, get ready for bed. What I ended up smoking was a brand called 420 Kingdom. And I tried to look them up on their Instagram, but I think they are shadow banned right now. Why does Instagram shadow ban? Like weed companies, but people can have like ass and titties and alcohol all over Instagram. You know, it's a valid question that no one will ever be able to answer besides the fact that it's owned by Zuckerberg. And, you know, he's the toxic part of masculinity and you try trying to run the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he has just for like Joe Rogan's podcast, but he's not going to do anything to change that. 
So I ended up smoking on this sativa grown by 420 Kingdom and they grow their cannabis aeroponically. So their root system is not in dirt, it's actually exposed and they deliver nutrients and water via like mist and other stuff. So it tasted really good, that's all I have to say. And the strain was a watermelon mimosa as well. And I didn't do a wrap even though I normally do like a blunt or a joint, but I just went straight old school into a normal pipe and just went after it. I actually almost fell asleep halfway through this movie. Okay. Do you remember at what point you were almost falling asleep? I sure do. Okay. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah, there kind of comes a time when it like mellows out in the middle and like you don't really know what's going to happen. Like, is this just a storytelling movie? No, it is not. <laughs> you know, while I was high though, I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of the monologues and the story was were kind of lost on me so i didn't actually have the full effect of like what was being said but that's fine because this movie far makes up for it in visuals well and the funny thing is the monologues in the things that howard howe is saying they don't actually matter at the end of it <laughs> except no. for one specific monologue which i'll point out when we get there but mm -hmm. That's really the only one that matters. What about you? What'd you have for your little snacky for this situation? I know you're not trying to do a theme anymore, and I don't even know what the theme would be in this situation if it wasn't a big gulp. Or what happened? A mackerel. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not the time for a fish fry. And you know what's funny? I had some shrimp in my freezer, and I almost <laughs> did some like air fried situation with it. But I didn't feel like doing that. I didn't feel like getting out my air fryer. Also, I can't reach it because I'm too short. That's <laughs> the whole thing. So you, Caitlin, you called me yesterday morning and said, let's record today. So that gave me mm, approximately 24 hours to get my shit together, watch a movie, make a snack, and write notes. Also, Which is why we're late today. Sorry, not. In terms of money, I have no money. So I could not go to the store to buy a snack. And I did not want to go to the store to buy a snack. So I was like, fuck me sideways. What do I have in my fridge that I can make work? I opened my Instagram reels because sometimes I'll see food recipes on there. And I'll be like, oh, I should make that on the podcast and I'll save it. So I went to the very most recent one that I saved and it was a recipe that I just so happened to have every single thing for. And it was so easy. And I was like, this is amazing. Thank you, past Rachel, for setting up. Current Rachel, they just don't have a name. So I'm going to call them Pepperoni Everything Bagel Cream Cheese Bites. And they were fucking delicious. And yes, I know I already did something Everything Bagel related and also Pepperoni related. But I don't care <laughs> because these were so good. <laughs> It's so easy. All you do is you take a slice of pepperoni, smear a little bit of cream cheese on said piece of pepperoni, Ooh. sprinkle everything bagel seasoning, Ooh. another pepperoni, make a pepperoni sandwich. Ooh. I put banana peppers in a couple of them, which was also delicious. And then obsessed. 400 degrees Fahrenheit for 10 minutes. They came out crispy. They came out crunchy. They came out delicious. The Instagram dude who made them. I want to say his username is Keto Snacks, but I'm not a keto person. 
they were still delicious. He dipped them in marinara sauce, but I did not have that. So I just dipped them in Donnie's homemade ranch, but they didn't need it because they were so good. Awesome. That sounds really good. That sounds like a, like an elevated version of a pepperoni around a mozzarella or like a salami around a cheese stick that you would like buy in like a protein snack box or something yeah yeah it was good and i was worried because you know when you get like a block of cream cheese and you're like yeah it's so cheap it's only like two bucks yeah you can't do anything with it because it's a block of cream cheese (laughs) i can't tell you because all you had once you get a little smidge of the cream cheese on the knife you can use the pepperoni to scrape the cream cheese off the knife so it doesn't matter if it's not spreadable and then when you make the sandwich you just squish it down and the cream cheese spreads out in between the pepperonis i was like this is dope i had pepperoni juice all over my fingers and under my nails but i just you know washed my hands after like we all should and it was fine (laughs) i mean there's there's a recipe i like to make which is like a cream cheese filled half jalapeno that's wrapped in bacon Mm -hmm. and that's another good reason to buy a block of cream cheese but the amount of cream cheese blocks that i've thrown away the last quarter of because it's covered in jalapeno juice yeah it's just it's every time it's every time i know it's wasteful sorry Mm -hmm. a little bit not sorry Happens. If you have a, a cream cheese hack to turn a block into something spreadable, that's not. Yeah, or like, what are we going to do with the last part of the cream cheese that tastes like pepperonis and or jalapenos? What do you this, put that on? Now you know. If you had jalapeno cream cheese, oh my you gosh. make these pepperoni bites with it. So yeah, they were good. And I liked that I was able to prep it before the movie start. Like I turned the movie on, immediately paused it went to my fridge <laughs> what the fuck is happening here and i was like oh dope i actually have everything i need for a snack i've been wanting to make this is amazing ah, like everything aligned <laughs> and i was able to make it i preheated the oven by the time the oven preheated i was done making the little pepperoni sandwiches and then i threw it in the oven went and got started on the movie for 10 minutes and then they were done i put them on a plate and i let them sit on the coffee table for a little bit before i ate them so then like the perfect time of when you want a snack in a movie, which for me is like 15 to 32 minutes in is when I want a snack <laughs> during a movie. Yeah. And that is by the right, time you get distracted. That is right when I had these ready to go. And it was lovely. I'll put the recipe in the show notes, even though I described it to you bit by bit by bit. And it couldn't be easier. I promise you. Even an idiot can do it. Look at me. I did Any it. Any idiot can put cream cheese <laughs> on a pepperoni. It's fine. It's great. You love it. Try it today. Woo! Okay. We ready to talk about this fucking movie? Yes. This movie, yet another A24 film. Why are they not sponsoring us yet? Honestly. I don't understand. Is it because I don't get in here to podcast every other day as I should be? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Do you remember when we were doing everything ever all at once and we were looking at all the different movie merch that we could buy for that movie? Oh, Jesus Christ. Please tell me the tusks are not available online. I don't want the tusk. I want the whole walrus suit. Oh, no. But I want a mini version of it and I want it to sit right there on the desk so everyone can see it in the real okay so just really quick obviously this is a spoiler alert 
podcast. If you have not seen the movie Tusk, we are going to ruin it for you. I feel like this movie is really strongly rooted in a visual surprise situation. And if Uh you are not aware of what I'm talking about, just pause us just for a hot second. Go watch this movie. It's like an hour and what, 45 minutes or something Mm -hmm. like that. Just get through it. I'm so sorry. And then come back and listen to this. But also at the same time, like I said, I would not recommend this movie to anybody. So do what you will with that. Do you remember when I screamed at you when you were Googling this? Because if you Google Tusk, which, hello, if you're listening to this and you have not seen Tusk, don't fucking do this. If you Google Tusk <laughs> movie and go to images, spoiler, 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 spoiler. I, I did After not. I was losing my fucking mind at you because if you clicked that images button, it was all going to be ruined. <laughs> Kevin Smith, the director, straight to jail. <laughs> He's an insane straight person, to jail. and I love him. So can I just say, like, when I started this movie, I was like, oh, Johnny Depp's in this. And then I literally remembered that he was in it when there was only 28 minutes of the movie left. And I was like, oh, that's Johnny Depp. <laughs> whole time it's like where the fuck is johnny depp and then in like the last 30 minutes of the movie it's just the johnny depp show (laughs) no like they they brought johnny depp halfway through i didn't realize or remember or recognize blame the weed blame the beverages whatever blame his prosthetic nose that he specifically crafted to look like a dick on his face (laughs) fun fact no yes serious it was his idea to give his character, uh, I think it was Guy Lapointe. Guy Lapointe. It was Johnny Depp's idea to give that character the ridiculous accent, and he specifically wanted a nose that was shaped like a dick, which all noses kind of are, but. Please hold, because I need a visual in this moment. <laughs> that prosthetic just looks like my regular nose. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I have a camera. I have the internet. <laughs> I am unstoppable. That's why I said everyone's nose just kind of looks like a dick. Like, look at mine. When I go like this, my nose looks like a dick. <laughs> and if you play your nostrils on a look, there's a you, ball right there. You know, this is a podcast, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! You know, you know I'm the- <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> Yo. So yeah, it's got Johnny Depp being ridiculous. Also Justin Long. In a very similar character to who he was in Barbarian. Just an unbridled asshole. I feel like really there's a decent amount of crossover from that movie, that character, from here to there. Makes me wonder if typecasting is a thing. And then I just wanted to watch the end really bad. And then I kind of got stuck on the fact how Jonah Hill's canceled now. So, I mean. Jonah Hill is canceled now. He is, which is really weird because regrettably, and honestly, please cut this out. The first time I ever made a Tumblr, my account name was future Mrs. Jonah Hill or something like that. And I literally had to log into my Tumblr and delete that. Do you know 
need you to know that I'm not cutting that out because. <laughs> and I literally, and I've never used that account since I made it. And I was like, cool. I'm not interested in Tumblr in any way, shape or form. But I literally two days ago went through the hassle of trying to reset my password and change the name on there. And I don't even know if I was successful. I think I got distracted halfway through. So it might still be out there. Don't come for me. Just know that uh, things change. You know, I mean, it's not like you made the account now that we know he's like an abusive asshole. You I know, made the right? Like Ten years ago, <laughs> it just feels weird that I considered myself a Jonah Hill fan for such a long time. And I mean, like, I feel like when we're like, "Oh, we love this person, we hate that person," when we're talking on this podcast about all these actors and actresses, I just feel like, you know, rule of thumb, just understand that's bound to change any minute. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, and can I change their mind. Okay. People our age also understand the complexities of like gaslighting and emotional abuse and manipulation and stuff. So it's easy for us to see very clearly when someone is doing that, even though he's saying that he's not doing that. Um, dude, he she's got the screenshots. Like you are doing that. Yeah. Speaking of which, this movie is emotional abuse. Honestly, you emotionally abused me with by making me watch this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, let's go back. it's got got johnny depp it's got justin long it does not have jonah hill but it does have michael parks and um the very i would say cuddly Haley joel osmond love him do you remember signs i do remember signs well i love him unless he's gonna be canceled then if you're gonna take a sound clip take this one he sucks (laughs) oh my goodness yeah or just i don't know (laughs) <laughs> keep keep up with the times man why are you going back to listen to this podcast it's already we're, we've been famous for five years now <laughs> manifesting 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 come um, complain about it at our live show at seattle uh, seattle let's go to the seattle in underground <laughs> in the seattle underground tunnel <laughs> in manitoba canada <laughs> <laughs> oh someday one day do we want to talk about it anymore or do we just want to get into it? Just go, 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 There's go, There's a go. lot more conversation that's going to happen at the end. After. Bought, oh, man. I'm I'm ready. Let's our go. Feelings, our things. Let's, All right. I need to get through this. Tusk. 2014. The movie opens with um, Justin Long, who plays Wallace Brighton, really LOLing with his podcast co-host, Haley Joel Osment, who is Teddy Craft. They are the hosts of a podcast with the worst possible name ever, the Nazi Party. Not not like that, the N-O-T-S-E-E Party, not C. Are they doing a play on words? Yes, they are. (laughs) And it is awful. They play a clip that a listener sent them that says, Wallace and Teddy... I found this video on a used laptop I bought at a yard sale in Winnipeg. It will pwn all internauts. All hail the Nazi party. Nazi lover 69. (laughs) Yikes. Why did you make me watch a movie about a podcast? Uh, And why are we talking about it on a podcast? This is way too meta. Caitlin, I need to be 100% honest. I forgot about the podcast angle of it until oh literally God. the moment it was starting. I was like, oh, yeah, they're podcast hosts. I'm a podcast host. Well, I hope you don't get turned into a fucking walrus. Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> That's okay. This, you guys know we, we do spoilers here. 
Anyway, the video that they show is a dude who is doing karate in his garage and they call him the Kill Bill Kid. And the kid ends up like cutting off his own leg with this like sword that he's playing with somehow. So they are obviously laughing at him instead of with him. And Wallace is like, I have questions, including what does he masturbate to? Wait, didn't I just say that? Never mind. Yeah. So honestly, so far, (laughs) we're not far off from these two. God damn it. (laughs) Wallace even says that he's jealous of this kid because he has more hits and views than Wallace does. And Wallace at one point says, I don't need both legs. I'm not running any marathons. It's foreshadowing. Hi, it's foreshadowing. Oh, no. As they're closing out the show, they say that Wallace is going to go up to the Great White North, a.k.a. Canada, to meet with the Kill Bill Kid next week. Fast forward, Wallace is in Canada and is talking to a customs agent who has one of the most incredible beards I've ever seen on a man. Honestly, stellar. It was a lot. (laughs) And they were talking about... The same thing that I imagine I would talk to a Canadian's custom agent about, which is hockey in Los Angeles. (laughs) Because people not from California think everything about California is Los Angeles, and I'm not from Canada, and I just feel like it's all hockey up there. (laughs) Did you know about the phrase red, white, and never blue? No, but it's... Me either. Fucking hilarious. I wrote that one down because it was great. Yeah, so they're being chummy with each other. Wallace is like, I don't really follow hockey. And the agent gets super serious. And he's like, I got to tell you about your can of do's and your can of don'ts. Number one can of don't. You don't tell a Canadian that you don't follow hockey. So the customs agent, of course, asks Wallace what he is doing in Canada. And he describes the purpose of their podcast, which is basically Wallace travels around to see like weird or strange things in people firsthand. And then he describes it to his co-host who is not seeing it because apparently Teddy does not fly. Hence why it's called the not see party. So it is a play on words, terrible name. The agent is like, whoa, Nazi. And Justin's like, no, 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 not that one. And does a super horrible salute. Salute. And gesture. Hitler stash, hand gesture, it was awful. And the agent says very seriously, don't say Hitler in an airport. <laughs> like this common who, courtesy man, don't. I don't know which you not a rule, but it's a good life rule. Just don't say Hitler in an airport. There's no you know, reason to do that. It's called common courtesy. <laughs> Let's see if any character that Justin Long plays has some. So far, no. Yeah, he's 0 for 2 so far. (laughs) Wallace arrives at the home of the Kill Bill kid and sees a funeral-looking wreath out front and a bunch of cars. He hears a woman crying. Somebody obviously died. He strolls up and he's like, hey! And then he sees the picture of the Kill Bill kid in his wheelchair So it's obviously his funeral, and they never say it, but everyone presumes that he died by suicide because of the video on the internet. 
Later that night, Wallace calls Teddy from a bar and tells him that the Kill Bill kid died by suicide via his own sword in the video that they were making fun of. And Wallace is being a piece of shit. He's just mad that the Kill Bill kid couldn't hold out for two more days. He calls him a selfish little peg-legged piece of shit. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. We're laughing at the fact that somebody sat down and wrote this on a piece of paper for Justin Long to say on a movie and it made the final cut. Like they're just making him seem like such an asshole and they're doing such a good job. Wallace is continuing to be an asshole, says he doesn't want to go back without having any content to record, but says Canada's too boring and he doesn't think he's going to find anything. He goes into the bathroom of the bar that he's in. And he sees a letter posted on the bulletin board. The writer says that they're an old man who has lived a very long and storied life at sea. He is a proud Canadian who has traveled a strange life path and doesn't want to spend his remaining years alone in a giant house. Not when he has stories to share in vivid detail. He literally was like, call for a good time. Don't mind if I do. And is that not any podcaster's dream of someone saying i have stories to tell and you're like oh hell yeah bitch just like justin long and barbarian <laughs> oh my god as this letter is being read it is the voice of howard howe who is the old man who is writing the letter the letter goes on to say that Howard is renting out a room in exchange for you know household chores since he is confined to a wheelchair Wallace calls him and says he's not interested in renting out a room. He just wants to talk. So he gets the info from some girls working at a convenience store. And they say it's a boot two hours away. And he heads out that night. Creepy gate <laughs> swings open and he walks right up to a pretty big house. I mean, it's not like American big, but it's a big house for one dude. <laughs> Everything's bigger in America. <laughs> God. Wallace enters the house and meets Howard Howe, who is weird and overly semantic about his name preference. They go back and forth on Mr. Howe, and then Wallace misunderstands, and then he says Mr. Howard, but no, it's Howard Howe, whatever. Howard welcomes Wallace to Pippi Hill, his home. What a fucking weird name for an estate. Honestly, at some point, he... I don't know if you noticed this, but throughout the entire movie, he went to go pick up that big gulp situation while he was at that corner store where he was trying to get directions to this old dude's house. And he slams the whole thing down. And then that cup is in every single scene mm -hmm. after the movie. Every single one. Yes. Th throughout the rest of the entire movie, literally all the way up to the final scene. And when he goes into that bathroom, he, like, scoffs at this weird crocheted toilet paper holder cover that has, like, a doll sticking out of the top of it. Uh -huh. And that honestly was so reminiscent for me of all of the crocheted toilet paper holders that Grandma made <laughs> yeah. and that we had going on. He's just like, oh, God. And I'm like, is that not a normal thing for you? Yeah, don't look at me while I'm pissing. <laughs> the staple in every weird dude's old home is a crocheted toilet paper cover. Just tons of fucking knickknacks everywhere. <laughs> so many knickknacks. So after Wallace comes back from the bathroom, they get ready to have some tea together. 
Howard begins telling his little stories while Wallace is walking around and looking at things in the room. He even like touches a few piano keys and it just feels like he's like too comfortable in a stranger's home. Mm -hmm. You know, Howard is just staring him down the whole time and is even like turning his little electric wheelchair so he can see him better. And Wallace said he was spooked to get out of the car, but he's not acting like someone who's scared. Like he's strolling yeah. around with his like little cup of tea and he's just totally fine looking at some stranger stuff. And and at this part in the movie, I noticed because he's referring to the ad, he took the entire letter off of yeah. that cork board. They're like, and I noticed there's little teeny tear marks down at the bottom where like, you know, if you're going to like put up an ad for babysitting or whatever and put your number at the bottom of a thing so people can tear the number off for the ad. There's a couple parts that are torn off of that ad and he took the whole entire sheet of paper down so entitled, you know? Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, he took the whole fucking paper, but he's not interested mm -hmm. in the room. Yeah. Turns out it's not really going to matter. But Well, like it does matter when people start <laughs> looking for him yeah, because too. there's there's no clue left anymore because he's a selfish borthole. They're just kind of chatting back and forth. Wallace says that he lives in LA. Howard says it's the city of angels. And he says some little quote that his grandma used to say which is you needn't go very far to find hell in a handbasket. And Wallace is like, oh, that's funny. My grandma used to say, hell is your children. Hell is your children. <laughs> and I bet our mother would agree with that. <laughs> they start talking about why Wallace came. And he said he's in a frozen shithole and thought this trip was a bust. But then he stumbled into a gold mine, finding that letter, since Wallace is a storyteller by trade. When Howard asks, what is a podcaster? Wallace says that he reminds him of his mom. He has now said his grandma and his mom are the worst, and he's shit-talking them in the same conversation. Ladies, this is not Red the kind flag. of man that we spend our time with. Red <laughs> flag. Every opportunity to talk shit about the women in his life. To describe what a podcast is to Howard, he offers an example and it cuts to them recording their podcast where Wallace is doing, honestly, a really killer impression of Matthew McConaughey prematurely ejaculating. <laughs> like, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was a good Matthew McConaughey. It's called acting. Look it up. Yeah. Howard's like, mm you can say shit like that and not get in trouble wallace is like well the audience likes it real and raunchy and real raunchy which do they or again are we just being edgelords and getting attention because we're edgelords yeah wallace is drinking the tea still talking about how good it is which for some reason red flag you know i have in my notes you never say yes to tea you just don't <laughs> why just don't say no to tea. You don't know what's in it. Also, it's his own homemade mm -hmm. tea that he like soaked the leaves in bourbon. But what if he didn't no. soak it in bourbon? What if he soaked it in rat poison? Like, you don't or take ro roofies. There's take roofies in there. Take an unopened can of Diet Coke and hear the as it opens and know that that means you are not going to be poisoned today. You are not going to be drugged today. Wallace is drinking the tea. He's talking about how good it is. 
super huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Don't drink nobody's special homebrew tea. Is this when Howard quotes Ernest Hemingway? I think so. And it just launches in to the fact that Howard knew Ernest Hemingway and that he <laughs> said that specific quote to him. So, of course, Wallace is blown away that Howard knew Ernest Hemingway. Howard says that they met on the waters at Normandy. And Howard was there with Ernie, as he calls him, before (laughs) D-Day, back when it was called Operation Neptune. I didn't fact check any of this, but it just sounds cool. Who knows? He's making a big deal talking about his life and just, like, really embellishing the fact that he knows people, he's been places, he's seen things. And if you want to fact check it, I mean... It's it's your podcast now. I, uh, I'm not doing it on mine, but you can do it on yours. Yeah. But he just goes on and on and on with these nonsense stories. And Wallace is like trying to take it all in. And they're talking about like Nazis and how they suck. And yeah, Wallace at one point is like, yeah, Nazi bitches, of course. <laughs> they're Insane. Talking about, talking about like a Nazi's wife or whatever. Again, mm-hmm. we don't know if any of... I'm sure, like, the D-Day, Operation Neptune stuff, I mean, obviously D-Day was a real thing. Whatever. This isn't a history podcast. While those things probably happened, I do not believe that this random Canadian man was there. I think at this point, because he knows that Wallace touts himself as a storyteller, I think he's just pulling stories out of his ass to tell in order to, like make wallace feel more comfortable and like buy more Mm -hmm. time and the dude's already pretty comfortable so wallace is just eating this story up and he sees an item sitting around on the shelf and asks what it is howard tells him that it is the baculum of a walrus which i immediately googled it is the bone that is found inside of the penis in certain mammals humans excluded raccoons included I don't know why I know that. (laughs) This is now a (laughs) raccoon dick podcast. (laughs) The funny part is, is Wallace is like feeling it and petting it. And he's like, what is this? Like a spine or something? And Howard's like, no, it's more like a walrus cock. And, and then he literally like, keeps playing with it like it's a dick and like pretends to ejaculate it on his like, face. Ah, damn, this is crazy. <laughs> Just like classic, classic podcast man stuff. So Howard tells him that he is right to admire the walrus as it is a far more evolved creature than any man he's known and is God's most noble creature. Howard also adds, present company included, while Wallace is pretending to jack off the walrus dick all over his face. (laughs) And Wallace is so dumb because he's like, oh, thank you. And Howard's like, you're welcome. It's like obviously an insult, just a veiled one. So Howard begins to tell a story about how he first became acquainted with a walrus while he was lost at sea. As he's starting to tell the story, Wallace is drifting off to sleep a little bit, either sleepy or drunk from the, you know, liquor-soaked tea leaves. Basically, Howard was off the southern coast of Siberia in 1959, and that is where he learned the culinary skills necessary to, you know, cook in small boats and other vessels on the sea, I guess. 
And he says this is where he earned his passport to the world and a spot on board the Anastasia in Soviet waters looking for the Siberian Great White. It's a lot of words for he was a cook on a boat looking for a shark. (laughs) Yeah. Wallace, once again, eating this shit up, still holding on to the walrus dick, but he's also rubbing his eyes because he's getting a little sleepy. Mm -hmm. Howard said they did not find the great white shark they were looking for. They only found death after the Anastasia, boom, hit an iceberg. Wallace is like, so what happened next? While he's like, he's never seen the Titanic. Yeah, while he's loudly (sniffs) sipping his tea. Howard said he found himself alone, or so he thought he was, until something moved really quickly by him in the water. Howard said he felt true terror that night as he swam, which is something that Wallace has probably never felt before. Howard made it to the shores of a nearby island and saw his savior, which was a walrus. And Wallace is like, a walrus! A walrus! Saved your life. A walrus. Obviously not believing it. Howard said this thing like loomed over him with these huge tusks, but it was also gentle and took him into its blubbery body like he was a little newborn chick. Okay, but honestly, when Howard is talking about this, did you think that he fucked the walrus? Because I did. I still do. I still do. (laughs) I know he didn't, but I still do. No, he definitely fucked that walrus. (laughs) Yeah. Like... And I was just waiting through or this the horrible. Him. Either way, <laughs> something happened that was very sexual in nature with this walrus. That he—I don't think he ever really says out loud that I paid attention to. But I'm just like, yeah, he. This is a bestiality movie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Definitely fuck that walrus. What the fuck? Bestiality aside, this man truly has loved a that walrus. <laughs> And he has a way with words and storytelling. Wallace is fading very quickly at this point, but he is still listening as his head is bobbing, eyelids are drooping. Howard said he named the walrus after one of the only authority figures he ever trusted in his life, which was a janitor at a boy's home, I guess, Mr. Tuskegee, and called him Mr. Tusk. That's like when a kid gets a Dalmatian and names it Spot. Like, come on. Let's be a little, you know. No, but it's after a man I respected. (laughs) Because I respected how that walrus fucked me. (laughs) (laughs) Wallace tried saying cute, but he is like struggling to be a human right now. So he was like, oh, cute. cute. Oh, it's cute. And Howard's like, cute is for Chinese babies. My walrus companion was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Howard goes on to say that that was like one of the most fulfilling friendships of his life. And he just experienced pure peace and bliss for the six months that he knew Mr. Tusk. So wait, he straight up had a castaway moment on this island fucking this walrus for six months? Okay, what's worse? Castaway moment with a volleyball? Castaway moment with a walrus? I'm not going to answer that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) As Howard is saying all of this, we can see that Wallace's vision is starting to get blurry. And now I'm like 99.99% sure that the tea was drugged as Wallace collapses to the ground and passes out. Oh, yeah. It's so roofied. 
as he's passing out howard says it'll be all right it'll be all right mr tusk (laughs) oh no oh oh no just say no to tea guys say no to tea don't ever drink tea only drink diet coke (laughs) only drink the big gulp the the canada version of big gulp what does it say on that damn cup it doesn't matter listen (laughs) watch the movie you'll figure it out it's so good (sighs) time for a flashback scene time for a flashback to wallace and a girl who's too hot for him her name is Allie. she doesn't want him to go to canada He's like, I gotta go take a quick can of deuce and I'll be back in the morning. He like, he can't turn the podcast bro shtick off even when he's like being intimate with his girlfriend. Stupid. She tells him that he shouldn't go because making fun of the Kill Bill kid on the podcast is one thing, but going to his house just feels wrong. I agree with her. Yeah. Wallace says he doesn't want to do it, but it's for the show. It's for the podcast, the content. And I guess the kid was the one to reach out to him anyway. Again, Mm. I agree with Allie. Exploiting a kid like that to his face is cruel. She tells him that the Wallace she fell in love with would never do this. And he tells her that the Wallace she fell in love with was an unfunny little dickhole. I mean, that's still accurate, but keep going. He's still, yeah, he still might be an unfunny little dickhole, <laughs> but he's bragging about how successful the podcast is. And honestly, it's it's our goal for this podcast because he made a hundred thousand in ad sales alone in a year, not even including the t-shirt sales and live shows. And I want that. I want that. <laughs> well, hopefully, you should start being a funny little dickhole then. Yeah, we'll get there. I'm be a funny little dickhole. <laughs> well, I want to be a funny little dickhole. <laughs> no, I want to be a funny little dickhole. <laughs> Allie asked if she could go with him to Canada, and he said he can't because Teddy gets jealous, I guess. And then the show isn't as good. He isn't as funny when Allie is around, whatever, whatever excuses. He's also kind of making fun of her. And she says she's trying to be lovey-dovey, but he's fucking it up. Obviously, he is. He then said they can be lovey-dovey on the phone when he's in Canada, but they can't fuck when he's in Canada, so they should do that now. And for for some reason, I think romance. I think she does. And I'm like, don't don't suck this dude's dick. Like, there's another dude that deserves to get his dick sucked more than this dude. Mm, well, spoiler alert, she's cheating on him anyways. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Anywho, Wallace wakes back up in Howard's house the next day because the sun is up and he is in a wheelchair with mm-hmm. a blanket on his lap looking unfucking well while Howard is, like, cleaning, sanding, doing something to a tusk. Wallace asks... I thought it was another penis bone, TBH. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, why is this dude stroking this weird white dick bone? (laughs) No, it is a tusk. It's a tusk. Wallace asked what happened, and Howard tells him that he just collapsed in the middle of his story. Howard also said he saw a brown recluse spider crawling down Wallace's pant leg and that it must have bit him. Wallace, of course, immediately wants his phone, but Howard said the doctor stepped on it and broke it. Convenient. At this point in time, I had to take a pause 
because I was like, brown recluse, my ass. I've actually seen a brown recluse bite on a patient before. And you don't lose the whole leg. I had to pause this movie in this moment to be like, is amputation entirely necessary for a brown recluse bite? Like, is this even mildly possible? And the answer is no, it's not. There's, there's, and you don't faint when you get bit by a spider like that. You, you just, you're like, ow, shit, what is happening to me? At this point in time, Wallace is asking all of the good questions. Where's my leg? Why is there no hospital? What are you talking about? None of it, none of it adds up. He's finally asking the important questions. <laughs> yeah, because Howard says that somebody named Dr. Moussier was there within a half an hour of the incident and mm, gave him a spinal injection and cut his fucking leg off, apparently, because of the spider bite. At the knee. Again, ironic, because of the shit he said at the beginning of the movie about not needing both legs. <laughs> we've come full circle we've come full circle and we're what 15 20 30 minutes in <laughs> wallace lots of good questions also the most good question he's like why am i still here why aren't i in a hospital <laughs> yeah good solid question howard says that hospitals carry diseases so dr moussier thought it would be best for him to recuperate at howard's house i call a bullshit we same Wallace wants to talk to the doctor, but Howard's like, oh, he's on his rounds. He's not on rounds. He's rounds on is rounds. fake. We're in the middle of nowhere. So Wallace is fucked, basically. Yeah, Wallace is fucked. Howard even says that Moussier removed all the phones from the house just so Wallace wouldn't be disturbed. They go back and forth about Wallace wanting to speak with a doctor, wanting a phone. Howard is not budging. He tells Wallace that they sup. At six o'clock sharp, which I'm assuming means supper. He also yeah, and then he just like invites him to dinner. He's like, yeah. anyway, so this doctor came over and he took all the phones out of the house and also your leg, and it was a spider, and he's on rounds now, and you can't call him, so I'll see you at dinner. And also, who does his that? Name, his name's Doctor Moose, yay, and we're in fucking Canada. Uh, who's a doctor? Uh, doctor uh, Moose. Moose. C-A-I-O-U. <laughs> Fake as fuck, boy. At supper, at six, I'm assuming, Wallace really isn't eating his food and is just deadpan staring at Howard. You can tell he's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Wallace says he can't move his arms, which is likely from the morphine. Howard is like, yeah, that shit rocks, but it'll leave you sleepy. But Wallace is like, I'm not tired. I'm immobilized. And the tension <laughs> is really starting to build here. Howard says that losing a limb probably feels like losing a close friend whom you often took for granted, which I'm guessing he's thinking it was kind of like his walrus, Mr. Tusk. <laughs> At this time, Wallace asks if there really was a spider and Howard is insisting he saw it, but Wallace doesn't believe him. I don't fucking blame him because that room they were in was dark. And you're going to see mm -hmm. a brown recluse spider in like a dark room with all dark interior. It's simply not going to happen. Howard is fucking weird, bro. Wallace is like, describe the spider. And Howard said it was so small. Maybe even and it's not 
they're not itsy bitsy. They're, they're relatively not. size. If you can notice a brown recluse, it has what looks like a fiddle shape on its back. That's how you identify them. That's how you know. Spider I think facts. Howard just wanted to say it was small and itsy bitsy so he could launch in to a ridiculous fucking rendition of the itsy bitsy spider, complete with the little hand displays like wallets. Let's sing it together popular. right now. I'm not singing that song ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace starts losing it just like I'm about to <laughs> when mm -hmm. he realizes that Howard or Caitlin is a crazy person. <laughs> I never fucked a walrus. <laughs> a slander. I think some of my exes would say differently about me. Hey, oh. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you gotta cut that. <laughs> Wallace wants to leave the madness, as do I. All of a sudden, Howard gets out of his wheelchair, storms over to Wallace, and whack, slaps him right across the face. Don't fucking forget, this whole time, we thought Howard was wheelchair bound and unable to walk because that is what he fucking said liar liar pants on hire oh fuck liar, standing up liar pants on a walrus <laughs> liar liar take those pants off that walrus <laughs> i want to see its dick bone <laughs> can you please cut all of this out no it's staying in Mom, this is why they say, hell is your children. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Walrus. <laughs> Anyways, back to the show. <laughs> Howard announces that now is the time for them to reveal their hearts with absolute candor. Nobody knows what that means. I have a master's degree and I didn't know what that meant. I was like, whatever. I think that was his way of saying, okay, I want to fuck. Anyways, shut up. Back to me and my walrus dicks. Howard says that for some time now, he has been constructing a quote unquote very realistic walrus suit. And that after a few minor modifications, it should fit Wallace perfectly. He tells Wallace that when he is in the walrus suit, he must act as a walrus. No human voice, no human movements, nothing. Howard is like, it's fine. Don't sweat it, Wallace. Our journey is just like the one of the doomed Anastasia. He says their mistake was going out looking for monsters when they have always lied within. This dude is so cryptic. He doesn't say a single solitary normal sentence in mm -hmm. this whole movie. He is no. a very difficult individual to capture. If you have not seen the movie at this point, once again, please stop, go watch it, come back, rate, review, subscribe, Venmo me. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, being stoned as hell, I was not listening to anything Howard had to say the whole time. I was just watching the movements. I could not take in word for word what he was saying. It was too, I don't want to say romantic because that's not the word. Wordy, flowery. Just a Howard lot. Is, Howard is just so much, and he's describing everything with such a flourish that is entirely unnecessary. And it just and it's hard feels, to concentrate on when you're stoned as fuck. 
and it feels fake and manufactured and it turns out most of the shit he's said this whole time doesn't really matter except for the fact that the anastasia ship crashed if it really did sounds a lot like the titanic maybe he just jump shipped to go follow that walrus it's really yeah he went to go follow his heart that's the only part of his stories that matter so far ship crashed there was a walrus maybe he fucked it maybe the walrus fucked him probably not we're just adding that in because it's funny and we have a podcast we're allowed to and that now he has this walrus suit literally everything else he says is fluff and filler which is why i almost fell asleep when wallace asks him why he's doing this howard says that he's trying to solve a riddle that is older than the sphinx older than since we have walked this earth and that question is caitlin is man indeed a walrus at heart the answer is no it's not a question as old as time it's simple literally it's It's no why are you're insane you're insane for being hung up on this howard you know what happened is you fried your brain for six months on an island when you thought you were turning into a i can't who is asking this who is asking is man indeed a walrus at heart other than this fucking man howard howe the canadian scholars of our time must know (laughs) wallace is obviously crying screaming shitting freaking the fuck out (laughs) howard starts imitating him and it's like growling at him from the other side of the table and wallace and me honestly realize in this moment how fucking crazy this dude is and truly how fucked wallace is so they both just kind of sit there and scream as the picture fades to black and we're back with Allie, and she is telling someone that she almost told him before he left and that sometimes she forgets her life is an intricate web of lies she's monologuing honestly doing a really good job Mm -hmm. she said it feels amazing to be boring and faithful And that sometimes she forgets that, quote unquote, we are doing this to him. I don't know about you, Caitlin, but I was like, bitch, is this a setup? Did they set him up with a walrus man? No way. (laughs) But then she continues talking and it all makes sense. She goes on to say that he cheats on him and that she hates him for what he does to her. She says that she wants to die, but we finally see another hand reach out to brush her tears off, and she starts telling this other person that every time Wallace destroys her, this mystery dude brings her back and makes her feel beautiful again. The scene, once again, cut to Wallace and Teddy, and they were signing off on their last podcast episode together, and Wallace asks Teddy what he is going to do while he's gone in Canada. Teddy says he is going to take Allie to a museum because Wallace says he doesn't get art. And I <laughs> kind of fair. Assumed... That's totally fair, too, by the way. I don't think he gets art either. Yeah. I kind of assumed that the man Allie was talking to is Teddy, meaning that they are having an affair. I was like, oh, she's fucking someone else and she's hanging out with Teddy when Wallace is out of town. And that those hands that were wiping tears off of her face, too, they're the soft, cuddly hands of Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> How could you not recognize that? I mean, I did. I'd recognize those hands anyway. <laughs> Do you think he'd come on the show? Like, he's a pretty, like, low-level celeb. Do you think he uh, Not after saying that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he's a... You're like, He's, what's up, low-level boy? What's, what's up, gutter walrus dick tell boy? Me 
all about when you were hanging out with the Kardashians in the Hamptons. Not after Maybe he'll come on for signs. Once they close out the episode, something that Caitlin and I are terrible at doing. Bye. <laughs> this is it. This is the end. <laughs> Wallace is complaining about Allie and Teddy's trying to defend her a little bit, which Wallace says is weird that he's always sticking up for her. Wallace says he can't be real with the Kill Bill kid if Allie is there. And also that he can't get roadhead either if she's there. To which Teddy tells him that he's an idiot to cheat on someone that hot, which is true. Back in Howard's house, Wallace wakes up to the sound of his phone ringing. So he starts frantically trying to like wheel his wheelchair over to it. And he manages to get to it and calls Allie. But she put her phone on the charger in another room so she doesn't hear it. He leaves her a voicemail telling her everything that's happening, begging her to come get him. He even apologizes for being an asshole in the voicemail, too late, and ends it by saying he doesn't want to die in Canada. He calls Teddy next. I don't know why he's not calling the fucking cops. And this (laughs) is when we see that it is for sure Teddy who is sleeping with Allie because they're in the same room together getting ready for bed. Teddy sees Wallace calling and ignores the call. So Wallace leaves a voicemail as we see Howard creepily appear behind him and start walking towards him. Howard knocks him out of his wheelchair, but he's not all the way unconscious. And Howard tells Wallace that his life as he knew it is over and that if he wants to continue living, he will be a walrus or he will be nothing at all. What is this movie, dude? The next morning, Teddy and Allie wake up. She finally checks her phone. She listens to the voicemail that Wallace left her and is immediately super freaked out. They start trying to call Wallace again, but his phone is ringing as Howard is sewing something. And we see like bloody tools all over a medical tray. Howard is telling him it must be nice to know that people care about you that much. And that the last person who cared about him, guess who it was? Mr. Tusk. It was Mr. Tusk. (laughs) As Howard is talking, we can see some like drawings of the human anatomy and of walrus anatomy around him. And there's also like um, sheets of skin obviously hanging around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fucking horrifying. (laughs) Also, during this time, Howard is monologuing about how his parents were like killed in a mugging, I think, in front of him when he was a child. And how he was then placed in an orphanage. In order to get more money, the orphanage reclassified as a mental health care facility. So they sent out all of the children, Howard included, to insane asylums. Woo! Terrible fucking idea. Howard says... I I honestly fell asleep during this monologue. This is where I was starting to do like... this is so important. (laughs) Well... I was falling a little bit asleep, and I will tell you the moment I woke up. Okay, well, let me tell you. Continue this. So Howard and all of these children were sent to insane asylums, and Howard said that for five years he was beaten, he was tortured, he was raped, he was used in horribly disgusting ways by politicians, priests, nuns, nurses, security guards, literally anyone. He is obviously a very, very broken person from this. And if we're thinking about how people become who they are today, this is why. It is because he was systematically tortured and abused and raped for 
five years and that, that will doesn't mean you get to roofie people in your house old man no it does not but it makes it make a little bit more sense <laughs> it makes it make sense but but it's not stop okay it. but also stop Howard goes on and says that when he was 15, he escaped Canada to get on a boat and he never looked back until now. Camera finally zooms out as he says that men are savages and it's better to be a walrus. And we see that he has been working on Wallace's body this whole time. Wallace's arms are sewed to his sides and his other leg has been cut off. So did you miss all of that? No. I woke up at that point when I realized he had taken his other leg off <laughs> and had sewed basically like his elbows to like the sides of his rib cage and his forearms up to his biceps. So, you know, like jazz hands. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I and I woke up at that point and I was could not believe what I was seeing. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is time so to wake bad. up. This is bad. This, this is, is bad. This is uh, at-home surgery, and it's not good, and he's too obsessed with walruses, and he's trying to make this dude Wallace into a walrus. Also, why is his name Wallace? Is it because it sounds like walrus? How are we not talking about that? Yeah, that's why Kevin Smith picked that name. It's it's no yeah, no no he no, did no, it on no, purpose, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> Allie and Teddy. They are on the phone with the Canadian police and they are making plans to start finding Wallace when they land in Winnipeg. Allie tells the police that they can find pictures of Wallace on the podcast website, NaziParty.com. And they immediately hung up on her, but Teddy's like, spell it, spell it. <laughs> but it's too late because they hung up Dumb on asses. NaziParty.com. Like, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Back at Howard's house, there is some really gentle and, like, ethereal music playing. And he's projecting video of the ocean and the birds. And there's a beach ball floating in a little bit of water. And all of a sudden, we hear Wallace screaming. <laughs> and the camera pans up to... Caitlin, please describe. The most horrific thing that will haunt my nightmares forever. A mishmash skin suit that is sewn into the shape of a walrus over Justin Long's body, over Wallace's body. The, his nose has been cut off and replaced with a flatter walrus-esque nose. We have sewed in full blown tusks complete with whiskers on the face he's laying on his stomach using his elbows to prop himself up and it looks like this quote-unquote walrus skin suit that howard has been making has the skin of not just uh wallace cut up but obviously other people sewn together in a huge blob including like a weird back neck hump type of situation. It's a monstrosity. It's a monstrosity. All the time while we are looking over this monstrosity, Howard is reciting the poem, The Walrus and the Carpenter by Lewis Carroll. <laughs> no one cares about that. No one was paying attention to that. I was. <laughs> I was not. 
I was like, what's not is this poem he's talking about? So I looked it up and I was like, hmm, that checks out. <laughs> I was busy being fucking eye fucked by the goddamn walrus monster. Were you high enough in this moment or were you too high in this moment? Or were you not high enough in this moment? <laughs> Let's be honest. I was crossfaded in this moment and I was like, no, what the fuck? Like, this is, this is wrong. This ain't it. This is horrible. Wallace is, of course, screaming with everything in him. Howard yells at him finally to stop because walruses do not cry. <laughs> and we finally see Wallace's face in the entirety of the walrus suit. It's really not a suit. It looks like his whole body has been changed into a walrus. Like, his face is sewn with the skin of the suit it's not like a suit it's fucking ooh. howard starts monologuing about how much he has hated his life ever since returning from the island with the real mr tusk and says that he never should have left the wilderness or the real mr tusk and then he says my favorite line from the whole movie which is the best of man has long been lobotomized by reality television <laughs> Let me live my lobotomy dream of reality <laughs> TV right? and not this ghastly fucking thing that he has made. And this made me wonder if Wallace was chosen because of the nature of his podcast. Like if Wallace arrived at the house and he was just some boring fuck, if Howard would be like, all right, on your way, whatever. But did Howard see who he was and hear about the podcast and what they were doing on the podcast? And he was like, no. yeah, this is the worst of humanity right here. No, that's not it. He was just a dude. He was just a dude who answered the ad. He's that's literally a just a guy sewn together with other guys who also were looking to rent a room. Oh, my God. While he is monologuing, Allie and Teddy are searching rental car agencies, bars, and just the great wide wilderness of Winnipeg looking for Wallace. They play the voicemail for a detective, and we hear that his voicemail was cut off right before he said, I think he wants to turn me into a walrus. Really important information. <laughs> that, and they end up going back to the bar, too, and they cannot see the ad for the room for rent that he was talking about because he took the whole ad with him so he didn't leave enough clues because it's ding dong the detective thinks that since they do a comedy podcast maybe this could all be a stunt for the lols you know and he was like maybe is there like a sexual angle here like is this an affair or something and they're like uh no he wouldn't do all of this they also say that they do not have record of a Howard Howe anywhere in Manitoba, but the detective does give them the information of a man from Quebec who came to talk to their station a few days ago about any legless bodies they may have found because he's hunting a serial killer. And they're like, yeah, we need his information. We are back with a Walrus Wallace, who is once again screaming, Howard fucking says, ahoy there, matey. <laughs> oh my god. What a fucking dick. And tells him that if he is going to be a true walrus, then he needs to learn to swim. So he clicks a button, like a Bond villain, in the chain on Wallace's back leg slash flipper. Fin. His flipper. His legs have been sewn together. 
it in flipper mode. It's feet in the back. It's horrendous. Well, he's cut off at the knees and then has other feet tied to uh-huh. his knees for uh-huh. a flipper. That is chained. And the chain is now dragging him down into the water. And Howard says, show me how the fishies swim. Adorable. Guess what? It's not going well. Wallace sinks underwater and sees a corpse slash skeleton version of the same walrus situation he is in. Yeah, like Howard has obviously tried this before with the same suit, somebody else. The because it's underwater, like you the eye sockets are all gross, and like you can tell that the face of this thing is human, which is why I don't think that Wallace was specifically chosen for any reason. I think Howard was literally taking anybody and everybody he could. And which is why they think there's a serial killer out there who's been chopping legs off. Some people have been able to hop away. Other, the rest of them are sewn together at the bottom of the pool in the enclosure, in the walrus enclosure. Allie and Teddy meet with the guy whose information that they got. And his name is spelled Guy, but he pronounces it Guy Lapointe. Who That's is the French way to pronounce it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, like it looks like Guy Lapointe, but we'll call him Guy Lapointe because it sounds fancy. Guy Lapointe. Guy Lapointe is Johnny Depp with, like we said, ridiculous prosthetic nose. I didn't know acting. it was him at this yeah. moment. Yeah. It took me a. L- t- it took me too long. That's acting. <laughs> He's so good. So good. I think he'll come on the show. Probably not. Lapointe was a detective. <laughs> But he has been hunting serial killer Howard Howe for the past 10 years. Oh, that's too long. It's way too long to hunt a serial killer. You go crazy after like six months. I mean, they hunted the Golden State Killer for what, 40, 50 years? Yeah, but not just like one guy the whole time. Yeah, it was like yeah, a team yeah, of yeah. people. All right, anyways. Anyways. Guy says that he thinks Howard Howe has killed around 23 people, and the MO is always the same. A month after the disappearance, they find pieces of the skinned body. They find legs amputated at the knee, and the arms are always fused to the body, in his words, like a crucified T-Rex. Accurate. (laughs) And the mouth and teeth have always been disturbed tongues ripped out it's a whole thing he says it's one fuck of a bummer to look at (laughs) it really is i am here to attest this walrus suit is one fuck of a bummer (laughs) gee says that they have nicknamed the serial killer the first wife because first wives don't let you talk they don't let you go anywhere and she doesn't fuck you which he says is funnier if you've been married a few times And he says the she doesn't fuck you part because Guy has said that they haven't been able to find any proof or evidence of there being like sexual motive with the bodies. So maybe what we're saying about the walrus fucking isn't true with these victims. Just because with Mr. Tusk, jury is still out. (laughs) And that's just because they're not finding torsos either. The torsos are at the bottom of the enclosure. They find a torso. I'll Did talk they? About they found a torso. Yeah, I was very There's into no this. way it wasn't fucked. Like it was real life true crime. I was like, "Holy fuck, this is so good." <laughs> Guy says he thinks that he met Howard two years ago in Quebec, 
And we are flashed back to someone who looks an awful lot like Howard telling Guy that he called the police a few days ago because there was a spider, a brown recluse, in his potty hole in his bathroom. <laughs> but that wasn't why Guy was there. He was there to investigate the disappearance of a hockey player. Apparently, the hockey player saw an advertisement for a living situation there with Howard, quote-unquote Howard, very similar to what Wallace saw in the bar bathroom. This man, who may or may not be Howard, says it couldn't have been him because he helps a youth hockey coach on Monday nights, so he wasn't home. If this is Howard, he has changed his speech pattern to make himself sound as if he has a developmental disability or delay, very similar to how he pretended to be in a wheelchair, probably so people will think he's less of a threat. Good acting in this scene, though. Good, good, good accents. All lot, around. A lot of accents. So many, so many accents. In the end, the name that this maybe Howard person gives Guy is Bartholomew Moussier. Moussier like is not a name you forget. Not a doctor. We know that this is definitely our Howard. The whole interaction was fucking weird. Back with Allie and Teddy, Guy says that there is no record of a Bartholomew Moussier. There's no local hockey rink. There's no youth hockey team. Everything was a lie, and the hockey player that went missing was found about a month later, or what was left of him at least, because his torso was found in a sewer pipe. Honestly, an incredible true crime podcast. <laughs> it would be so good. Do you just want to listen to Guy's true crime podcast of hunting the walrus boy? Up like Kobayashi. I was like, <laughs> and then what happened, <laughs> Guy? <laughs> So and then what good. did you find? What was the next clue? He's a master of disguise. <laughs> oh my god. Guy goes on to share this theory that got him excused from the police force, which is that whoever the killer is is building something like a monster. And he says a medical examiner found a piece of a victim's tibia bone in his own mouth. And this means that when Howard was sanding and smoothing the tusk, when Wallace woke up, that was one of his leg bones. I just put that all together right in this moment. Oh my god. The moment as soon as no. I... No. Okay, I was so high. I thought he meant like a chipped off piece. What no, no, the no, no, fuck? No, no, no. That nobody needs to watch this movie. If you're here, thank you for the support. But Jesus fucking Christ, why why did you do it? The thing is, it was your first time watching it. So you're focused on the walrus and the what the fuck is going on. This was my second time watching it. So I'm, I'm not re-watching this goddamn movie. I'm focused on the story, which is why I was able to put all of this together for you. So aye, you aye, aye. and anyone listening, I'm mom. Gonna throw up doesn't have to watch it again because I was never watch it. I'm not going to watch this again. I knew what was happening with the walrus. So I was able to focus on all of the pieces in the foreshadowing and the things falling into place, like sanding his own fucking leg bone in front of him. That's fucked up and incredible. I don't know if it was, but um, it should be, <laughs> if not. Oh my God. What? 
<laughs> Do you need a moment? <laughs> yeah, I need to process this really Did quick. Blow your mind. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> That's wrong. This whole movie is wrong. Back with Howard and Wallace. Wallace is crying, and Howard asks him why he is blubbering. <laughs> <laughs> get it Howard said he doesn't understand why Wallace would be sad to have lost his humanity because obviously he thinks that humans are the worst and are oceans of shit sometimes I agree with him because Howard is an ocean of shit (laughs) (laughs) Howard is legit like using Wallace to lay on as he sings this song that I had to look up which is The Water is Wide by James Taylor and I just want to know if he is so obsessed with walruses in the ocean, why doesn't he sell all of his shit, buy a boat, and fuck off into the big blue sea? It's not the same. And He's stop. re-replicating the torture he experienced by turning around and being on the opposite end of it. See, it I'm makes not, sense. You missed an important monologue. I am mad around. about it. You were, you came around. See, you were like, no, that doesn't excuse it, but it makes sense. <laughs> we can still be mad about it, but it makes sense. I, I'm i mad about this entire movie. Just keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. We're almost done. We're almost there. Okay. Listen, I get to pick the next one. Okay. <laughs> he finally remembers that he needs to feed Wallace. So, of course, he slaps some fish, a mackerel to be specific, on the ground, kind of far away from Wallace, so that he has to waddle towards it. Howard leaves and is watching Wallace struggle towards the fish and eventually eat it from a window in the door, which, of fucking course, is shaped like a porthole because he has a boner for the sea. <laughs> Allie, Teddy, and Gee are about to start on their journey to find Wallace, but Gee asks Allie what Wallace's driving ritual is, since no one drives two hours without getting or doing something a little treat if you will wallace's of course is that huge drink that he got from the convenience store the cup was next to the mackerel in the enclosure the cup was next to the mackerel anyway ally teddy gee they go to the store with the girls the convenience store who recognize wallace as mr mustache And they remember that he is headed out to a place named Bifrost. They also have the pad of paper that Wallace used to write down the address. And Guy is able to shade over the pad with a pencil and to see the imprint of the address appear. They did it in the Big Lebowski, (laughs) I think is a direct quote. And and Guy was like, actually, that's where I learned this. (laughs) Amazing. Back with Howard and Wallace, Howard is butt-ass naked and has put on, once again, some very peaceful music. And he's helping Wallace float through the water. Don't say it like that. Commenting on how peaceful it all is and how much peace he knew when he was with Mr. Tusk. He's talking to Wallace like he's the real Mr. Tusk. It is also at this time that we find out that Howard had to eventually eat the real Mr. Tusk, to survive and was immediately rescued after he killed and ate him. (laughs) Get fucked, mate. (laughs) That's so 
Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It's so ugh. Howard tells Wallace that he wasn't prepared for him the last time, but this time Wallace will be ready for the fight. Wallace, a.k.a. Mr. Tusk, in Howard's mind. At this moment, I notice that the skin from a face is on Wallace's back. Mm -hmm. You can see eye and nose holes and an ear. Just like chill. it's like if you took like a plain stupid skin mask and then just like stretched it out and flattened it and <laughs> sewed it disgusting. to like your walrus backside. So disgusting. Oh, okay, we're almost done. This is the best part. <laughs> Howard says that he has hardened Wallace just to show him how cruel man can be, right? As he dunks his head underwater and like holds him down, but then lets him come up for some reason. As he's leaving, Howard says that if he has truly brought out the walrus in Wallace, then he might just win their like weird impending fight that is happening soon. All the while, Guy, Teddy, and Allie are closing in on him. They see Wallace's car in like a ditch or a pond, something like that. And Guy's like, we're getting close. He gives each of them a gun. Teddy is hesitant. And Guy was like, what kind of American are you? <laughs> and also, what kind of a Canadian detective is just like, here, have some guns. Have I'm not going to call for backup. I'm not going to call the fucking Mounties. Like, <laughs> no, I got these two American fuckwads. Let's, here, take a fucking revolver. We're going to go. So anyways, I started shooting. <laughs> Howard says that he has honored the day that he had to kill Mr. Tusk to survive by giving his flippered friend a fighting chance that he never had on the island. And he has done this for the past 15 years. What's so that uh, 23 missing people, that makes sense. That kind of checks out. All while this is happening... Uh, the hit song, 1979, Tusk by Fleetwood Mac, playing in the background. Lots of drums. Very creepy and impending. I recently got really into Fleetwood Mac, I would say, within like the last three to four years or so. And I have to say, I recognized that song immediately and was extremely pissed off. <laughs> I was like, you have got to be fucking me. Damn. Really? Man. Tusk? Tusk by Fleetwood Mac? in this movie tusk about fucking walrus suit walrus meat suit you've ruined this i'm not gonna be able to listen to this cool ass song that i like ever maybe again in they, my whole life maybe they couldn't afford i am the walrus by the beatles they did actually spend the majority of the film's budget on the rights for that on the rights for tusk yeah they did which makes me sick to my stomach but also worth it <laughs> I mean, like, I see what you did there. And I know a lot of times musical artists in recording studios, if they, like, really resonate with a movie or if they really love it, they'll cut you some sort of deal or they'll give you the rights for free or something. But I guarantee whoever is in charge of the rights to Tusk by Fleetwood Mac, they were like, get fucked. You can pay extra <laughs> if you're going to use this song. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> Anyway, Howard says that Wallace will fight him or that he will die. As the camera pans to Howard, 
who is also in a walrus suit ready to rock Wallace's shit. Now, Howard's walrus suit is a little bit different. He does not have his face mangled. He has not sewn his own skin anywhere. His his body and his face is untouched, but he has sewn a skin suit to slip into, like a like a right. like a like a wetsuit, but it's a walrus suit. <laughs> Which means that he could have done that for Wallace. But he didn't because he needed to immobilize them and he needed to turn them into more of a walrus than that, you know? Oh, gross. Oh, I don't I, I don't know. I can't resonate with that. You know, you know the last time you were <laughs> in a, an anatomically correct walrus suit. Pass. They start fighting as images of actual walruses fighting are projected around them. Allie and Teddy can hear Wallace yelling during this fight, and they start booking it towards him. Yeah, they're, like, in the house. Or they're, the like, house right, right? there. They are on Pippi Hill. They are near. <laughs> Pippi Hill. Pippi Hill. Yeah, don't forget this fucking place is named Pippi Hill. <laughs> Howard tells Wallace that if he wants to live, he will have to go full walrus and kill him. <laughs> what? The fuck? never go full walrus oh my god walrus. i think i'm gonna do that later today at the pool <laughs> you're gonna go full walrus uh, yeah <laughs> we're no longer do you want to play mermaids it's now do you want to play walruses <laughs> i want to be the skin suit <laughs> i want to be the walrus dick <laughs> Let's finish this shit so we can go walrus at the pool. <laughs> Wallace can now hear Teddy and Allie yelling his name, and Howard literally rips and bursts out of his walrus suit and Gross. goes to hit Wallace with something, which really looked like the walrus baculum from earlier, but can't confirm. Wallace stabs him in the foot with his tusk, gets the upper hand, Howard falls down. He starts stabbing Howard with his tusks and is getting blood everywhere. He is like head banging and stabbing. Howard's dying words are, it is accomplished. You are my Mr. Tusk. All of this, right, as Allie and Teddy have found their way in and they see Wallace covered in blood yelling, as a whole ass fucking Mr. Dr. Frankenstein walrus. <laughs> I mean, mimicking my face exactly. They're horrified, of course. I'm horrified. We're all horrified. And Wallace is yelling at them like a walrus. He's just like, ah! Ah! <laughs> he He's obviously had his tongue cut out the whole time uh -huh. that he's been wa wearing the walrus suit as well. Which, I mean, uh -huh. good God. Gee very slowly raises his gun and points it at Wallace. I am in favor of a mercy killing here. I mean, I kind of was too, TBH. Right. But I also, like, like uh, in front of the friends, like, I don't well, know, maybe let yeah. the friends kill their friend and just be like, okay, bye. Yeah. I'll invite you in on my podcast. Caitlin, if I get turned into a walrus, you have permission to kill me. That's okay. Uh, do you really want that? Because we're playing walruses later. If... I turn into this kind of <laughs> walrus. Against your will? 
Yes. Bullet to the dome. Bullet to the dome. Say less. Don't be like Allie, who was pleading for Gee not to kill Wallace. Oh, she just felt bad because she was cheating on him. She didn't care about his life. But this is easy. You're cheating on him. He's going to die. You get a tragic story and you're pushed together into the dick of another man. I mean, it's everyone's dream. The big gulp cup is still in the scene. That's all I have the to say. The big gulp cup is still in the scene. Everything fades to black. We are transported to one year later. Allie and Teddy arrive at the Manitoba Exotic Animal Sanctuary with a exotic fish, uh. with a fish wrapped in newspaper. They walk around the deck and they see Wallace, who lives in an enclosed sanctuary with a pool and a ball, just like the one Howard had. Allie throws the fish. There's also wrapped. the big, sorry, there's also the big gulp cup yeah. in the enclosure. I was going to talk about the big gulp cups, but the, the big gulp fuck? cups are your thing. Allie throws the fish down that was in the rap newspaper. A couple of the big gulp cups laying around his little enclosure. Wallace comes out to eat the fish. Teddy tells Wallace he doesn't have to hide from them. We get one last flashback. Wallace and Allie are in bed together. She's talking about when her grandmother died and her grandfather couldn't stop crying. She said that she tried to tell her grandfather to stop crying, but he said that it's good to cry because it separates us from the animals and shows that we have a soul. Back with Wallace. Wallace. Allie tells him that she loves him and Wallace starts crying as he retreats into his enclosure. And that's the yeah. end of the movie. Pretty fucking incredible. I need to go scream. <laughs> Walrus scream? I, I uh. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, just like, they're keeping him alive in an enclosure as a walrus. Like, we all know he wants to die. Or does it's he? Still, it's still Wallace. Let him fucking Ouija board some words about his choices because i don't think he wants to live in that weird dome of like a dog pen enclosure for like the remainder of his life yeah that just seems so lonely i don't know and that little tiny pool is sad af that tiny pool is very sad I'm like it's also really i'm pretty sure you can feed a walrus a cheeseburger yeah why the fish why the fish? I mean, like, it made sense when Howard was doing it, because he's fucked in the head mentally, but the fact that Allie's just like, I brought you a fish, like, he he's not an it. actual fucking walrus. Like, his guts insides were not changed, or not altered, in my opinion, to reflect that of a walrus. What if he does like, want that, though? What if he has become a walrus in his mind? Well, then I fucking quit. <laughs> I quit this podcast. I'm not watching any more stupid fucking movies. But you get to pick the next one. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> one more. <laughs> oh my god please tell me some fun facts about this movie so i, I can feel like facts. i am still human and not a walrus okay well for a while it was going around the internet that this is based on a true story no and it is shut the fuck okay. up rain it in because it's not what you think it is just so you and viewers know, we can put based on a true story on anything as long as a very small part of it is true. 
the true story is not about there was a terrible true. podcast one time It'll, yeah and it's this one <laughs> <laughs> the true story is not about a serial killer doctor mr frankenstein walrus a writer by the name of chris parkinson posted a fake ad offering room and board in exchange for someone being willing to dress up and act as a walrus on occasion although the ad was fake tusk is really like the exploration of if that ad were real and kevin smith has a podcast of his own and they read this ad out loud on an episode of their podcast which was the beginning of his inspiration for this film the saddest fucking part about all of that is that the original ad that was posted had over 400 people respond to it. This is now a podcast about the housing crisis because why would people be willing to do that <laughs> if, if for anything else other than free housing? I mean, that's the real terror here. But dang, now I want to go listen to that episode of Mr. Kevin Smith's podcast know, um, right? just as a review. Oh, God. Yeah. And Kevin Smith was so fascinated with the concept of this movie that he did not care if it did well or not. He He's like, said, I gotta do this. It's it's a passion project. Passion, literally, because he said that the entire project was masturbatory to him. <laughs> Ew. Ew. So there and are walrus fucking undertones. <laughs> Yikes. And uh, this movie actually lost money while in the box office. It fucking tanked bro oh it i believe it well. i wonder why because my movies. recommendation is nobody watch this ever you should watch it before you listen to this podcast but you should also never watch it oh man did i also tell you that this entire film was shot in 15 days i mean it they makes sense this fucker out they wanted to be done with it that makes sense would you believe that quentin tarantino turned down the role of guy lapointe because yeah, you have to save face he misunderstood it and thought he was being offered the role of the walrus but had he if he knew it was for guy lapointe he would have taken it he misunderstood and thought he would have been the walrus and he was like i'm not doing that but then he He's saw like, guy lapointe and he was like damn it that's a good role <laughs> <sighs> you want me to talk to you about johnny depp yeah, because it literally wasn't until the last 20 minutes that I realized, oh shit, he's in this movie. He He's a good actor. Otherworldly. I think we need a Johnny Depp movie. Should we do a Pirates of the Caribbean series? I think so. Slow down. Slow down. It's anyway. my turn. All right, it's your I'll, turn. Okay. I might consider a Johnny Depp movie. Let me hit you with the J. Depp's fun facts. Go. During filming... Johnny Depp would call Kevin Smith late at night and have very extended conversations with him about the movie in LaPointe's accent. Love a method actor. Both to practice and, yeah, because he is a method actor. Also, his opening monologue that he gives only took him five minutes to learn because he misunderstood and thought he was going to be doing it off camera found out the day of filming he was doing it on camera and he was like fuck let me learn this in five minutes one take did it in one take a true professional fucking incredible also the clerks in the convenience store the two girls who could not give a fuck about anything anyone or anywhere are kevin smith and johnny depp's daughters 
So that's great. Good for them. They got their own spinoff movie too. I saw that on IMDb, right? Yeah. Uh, yoga hosers, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. Uh, I might try to watch it. I might not. I don't think we'll cover it on this podcast. No. Have you seen it? Send us a DM out on Instagram. Tell us if you like it. Tell me to my face. <laughs> Whatever works. Uh, Justin Long's agent told him to not take the role of Wallace the Walrus. And Justin Long was like, fuck you. I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. My last fun fact which is the funnest of the facts. There is apparently a Tusk sequel coming out in 2024. No. On the 10-year anniversary. No. Uh... And it will involve Justin Long leaving the walrus suit Ooh. and being rehabilitated. So he doesn't take a shotgun to the teeth as a walrus to pull it with his little flipper fins that have been sewed onto his kneecaps. <laughs> uh, well i'm so glad we have all the answers coming out oh in just God. next year's time listen if there is a second tusk i will see it in theaters i will illegally record myself live reacting <laughs> and it's gonna be excellent well um take me with you so you just fucking said that you hate this movie and you want nothing to do with it but you're gonna go see the sequel i just like popcorn let's go oh yeah, yeah. i want to get high and see what justin long's solution to this monstrosity is because he was told don't do the movie and he's like you know what not only am i gonna do it i'm gonna do a second one <laughs> i'm gonna do two i'm, I'm gonna do a sequel <laughs> this is the most this is the most yeah you got some final thoughts because i've got some final thoughts um my final thoughts are going to be the exact same as my opening thoughts which is this is wrong i cannot in good conscience recommend this to anybody again oh. Thank you for supporting the show. I understand this is a spoiler alert city. Usually you got to watch the movie before you listen to this. So I'm sorry, but also thank you. And I will not recommend it to anyone. I will continue to watch unless they tell me how much they like the movie, The Human Centipede. If they come up to me at the cocktail party and they're like, my favorite movie is The Human Centipede. I'm going to be like, well, do I have a film for you? I will continue recommending this movie to people like you, Caitlin, who enjoy weird fucking movies and who like being weird fucking people so <laughs> you ever heard of the word uh schadenfreude i believe it's german no have not schadenfreude means taking pleasure in others misfortune which is that not what their podcast the not see party does is that how you feel about me watching this movie no but that's probably <laughs> how Wallace feels, ending up in a zoo-type sanctuary for everyone to ogle at his demise while he can no longer host his podcast that is centered around voyeurism and laughing at other people's misfortune and blunders in life. I love so, how you mentioned that voyeurism part, too, because technically when Howard was watching him trying to eat the fish looking through that porthole through the door, I was like, ooh, voyeurism kink. Yeah, like, do you have your dick in your hand? Put both your hands up on the wall right now. <laughs> Let me see your hands. <laughs> I don't want to see anything else. All right. <laughs> That's it. We fucking did it. What All right. Are you... what, are, what are you rating this movie as? Because 
I need to know. All right. First time around. This is the first one that I've seen, but you haven't seen. For me, first mm -hmm. time around. I don't think this is the first one that I've seen you haven't seen. Scratch that. Delete it. Rachel, me. Get rid of it. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're working on time travel notes. The first time I watched this, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Negative 100 out of 10. Awful movie insane awful movie but when i watched it the second time around i was like there's a damn fucking good story in here about the serial killing i want more about the podcast i want a prequel i want a sequel i want all of it honestly i feel like i'm comfortable giving it a solid six out of ten that's really high for you and i'm curious you know, because I've talked about rewatch value in a couple of the other episodes we've done for the movies that we've covered, you know, based on whether or not it has a high or low rewatch value. And I've only seen this movie once. So would you say if it's high or low? Honestly, I would put it as high because you are not worried about the jump scare. You're not worried about what the, the fuck shock is and awe of the whole walrus suit. Because you know what's going on, so you get to pick up on the little things. Like when Wallace said that he'd do fine with one leg and he doesn't, because he doesn't need to run any marathons, but then he freaks the fuck out when he loses a leg. You pick up on the things, like it's not actually a tusk that Howard was sanding. It was probably... Wallace's fucking femur that he had shaved into a tusk. All of these little small things that you pick up on and the story just ties together so well that the weird walrus fight at the end just kind of doesn't really matter. But that's why it is a six out of 10 because the walrus fight at the end was just a little cheap, you know, just, it was, yeah. it was a lot, but <laughs> the story itself is a fucking good one. Okay, so before we go see the sequel in theaters, I'll give it a rewatch and I'll see where that value is at, even yeah. though I don't want to. I'll still do it. I am not giving this that good of a score for being a first-time <laughs> shock and awe type of movie. I'm going to give it a four. Okay, that's... I'm going to give it a four, I which I understand is low for me. That's very low. But I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed off that you recommended this. I am a menace to society. <laughs> Not as much as Howard. <laughs> what what makes it low for you? I just have that walrus suit image in my head. For it being a movie that's going to give you a visually shocking monstrosity like costume design, so to speak, it's good. The shock is there. The like revulsion is there. The disgustingness is there. And I'm like, that's that's cool and that's fun. But the mental toil <laughs> that I've ex been experiencing for the last 12 hours. That means it's, it's a good it. fucking movie. If it's sticking with you, if body horror is sticking with you that much. I think I just don't enjoy body mutilation. No, I can't say that. I can't say that I don't enjoy body mutilation movies because I love Saw and I love That's that type of gore. Horror. And I think this yeah. just was too like psychologically weird and off the charts and like deep into the realms of the 
sexual walrus bestiality land that you, i didn't really i don't want to go to that island i don't want to go to that island watching the sexuality and the bestiality to this if you are listening and you have not seen this movie at this point one you fucked up two no you didn't you're fine you're really probably not. a normal person with a healthy healthy <laughs> like mental status <laughs> there's not a ton of sexuality tacked onto this movie you know it's not even implied it's just it's filling in the it's filling in the gaps like how you we can't say howard didn't fuck that walrus while he was on an island with it for six months and then killed it and ate it and then got rescued and was like oh fuck me i killed my lover he could have been alive let me go recreate a walrus lover to have and i'm gonna fight him to the death to give my image no my idea of a secondary mr mr tusk a second chance at life are you kidding me agree four <laughs> four <laughs> four four out of ten <laughs> four out of ten that is fair out of ten <laughs> <laughs> all right what are we watching next i'll have to keep you posted in the meantime Thanks for hanging out and thanks for listening and thanks for enduring walrus time (laughs) and the entire movie that is Tusk. So go check out our Instagram page at puff puff pass the popcorn. Give those reels a like comment on your favorite stuff, share it with your friends. Maybe your aunt would love to listen to this. You don't know until you share this on your story. Yeah. You don't know what kind of weird shit your aunt is into. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe she also has a crocheted toilet paper roll holder and she really wants to just know that she's not alone in making those. So share, tell your friends, if it's not for you, there's somebody else who's got to love this. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Let's go to the pool and be walruses together. (laughs) Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye.